This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios. And this week, we're talking with Cosmic Eye Brewing. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always, my two good friends... Oh, and co-host, I've got Becky Smalls in the studio. Smalls, good to see you as always. Good to see you guys too. Yeah, good stuff. We're back from Alaska. Yeah, yes. we'll have to hear some about Alaska beer. We also have Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us today, we have Sam Riggins, the founder and brewer for Cosmic Eye Brewing. We're going to talk about rebranding new beer series. This is multiple series. Yeah, exactly. Series. Knives and the Pour of Doom, Tim. Uh, Sam, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on. This sounds like a jam-packed show, Sam. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stoked to be on, man. Good times, man. It's going to be all kinds of fun You know what? I'm going to go ahead and start with the interesting thing here, or one of them. Everything's interesting, Brian. It's all interesting. But uh, if you've listened to the show for a while, you've heard Brian and I talk about our passion for pocket knives. We're collectors. We have more than any sane human needs. Correct. And Sam, you and I actually ran into each other on an online knife forum. Yeah, the best online knife forum. The, the best, Spider-Co, yes. Millie, PM, PM3 group. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, Facebook great, group. It's really a great Facebook group, man. I love it. It is a good, you know, a lot of groups for specialty interest, including craft beer, can have um, arrogance. I'm going to use that word because yeah. it's a kind, a kind of a kind way to say it. But that's just a really nice, welcoming group there. You know, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. I know it's it's active too, which is always nice. Oh, you know, yeah. you get in somewhere, it's good to see the activity. There. Is it all Spider Co. or just the PM three or PM two? Is that- it's the Millie PM two, PM three, but pretty really all knives, right, okay. Sam? With a Spider Co. Yeah, focus. The, yeah, the focus is the Spider Co. range of the military, the paramilitary, and the P three. But man, it's basically all knives. I mean, anything goes in that group. Um, yeah, it's it's re- it's really just the best knife group that I've come across online, and it's not and it's not yeah. even close. It's um, good stuff. And daily buy sell trade threads that have every yeah, brand yeah. of knife in there and stuff. Okay. You know, good thing. But I was scrolling through Facebook one day, just mindlessly scrolling, and I see a post of someone opening bags, fermenters in the back, bag of grain being open. And I really didn't notice it at first, but then I saw the spider co there and saw what yeah. group it was in. I was like, oh. We're crossing the streams here. I always yep. love Let's when that happens. crossing the yeah. stream. Yeah. yeah. Now, Sam, we've talked a little bit. Brian and I have, compared to some of these guys, meager collections, but I have more knives than I need. Are you, do you just have one or two knives or 1,400? No, I probably have, I don't even know what I have. I have over 100, 120 knives. Okay, uh, there you go. You know, yeah. I buy, I'd probably buy something new uh, every two, every couple, three weeks. Uh, All right. Just depending on like what's coming out, and like I have a whole, I have a whole range of things that I buy. Um, I I do cool budget stuff that I that I think's neat. Um, 
And really, like, kind of that, like, Spider-Co Benchmade tier is kind of where I tap out. The sweet I don't, spot, huh? Yeah. I don't really, yeah, you know, I mean, I get the custom knives. I, I understand the draw to them. Uh, but the at the end of the day, for me, I'm not just a collector. I mean, I'm a user. Everything I get, okay. I, I use. Um, so, you know, I don't have any, you know, of the, you know, we refer to them in the, in, in the groups as safe queens, where they, you'll buy I was them, ask. Yeah. put them away. Uh, nothing to me is precious. I mean, I get this stuff and I, I'll beat it to hell. Um, also, I am really passionate about maintaining my stuff, though. Um, so even my knives I beat up are, are in good shape and taken care of. Uh, but, you know, really, once things start getting out of that, like kind of, you know, $250, $300 range is high for me. Um, I'd rather get more stuff and check more stuff out than just have, you know, spending spending a thousand dollars a knife that I'm going to bring into the brewery and just beat up. Right. Uh, that's, that's crazy talk. Well, that's but yeah, the and thing I, and is... I do, I, I do folders and fixed blades too. Um, I've got a big thing for small fixed blades. Um, I carry a folder every day and I carry a fixed blade every day. I don't think for those that don't know knives, and we promise not to spend the whole show talking about knives not all here, of it. not the whole show talking about knives, right. but that's it not is what not... you said when you contacted me. I did. I said, let's talk about Spideys and beer. Yes. Yeah, Spide Hops and Spideys. Knife Guys Radio. That's it. But for those that don't know knives, just a little insight, $1,000 knives are not an uncommon thing. I mean, oh, that they, you know, there's, yeah. there's several brands that have models right at $1,000 and several as well, three. Thirty yeah. five hundred, four thousand yeah. dollars for, for four or five. So yeah, four or like, five grand. Yeah. I, I yeah. like to go to the websites that lets you sort by price and just Take pick a, a brand and, and yeah, like yeah. most expensive down and see yeah. what they got. And yeah. it might might not surprise you that all of the really spendy ones typically have a designer name attached to them. So you're yeah, the quality of the, the blade theoretically would be high, but you're paying the design, the designer, that sort of thing. So something I noticed, Sam, that I think's funny is when you cross into like the crazy prices for five thousand yeah, dollars, you yeah. could set a five thousand dollar knife next to a six dollar gas station knife, and you'd yeah. be hard to tell them apart. So <laughs> they, it's yeah. like they're they're right there. It's like yeah. the designs well, are the same. Definitely some yeah. Mall Ninja influence yes, at that a little top Ninja end. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and and you know, I've had the opportunity to handle a lot of those things, and you know, I. There's a lot of those knives where I've, the design's really cool, the materials are really cool, the vision is there, but sometimes the execution on these things aren't that great. Right. Um, you know, yeah. the tolerances that we need to have these things to work smooth and to operate properly. This, this is and this isn't a dig. I know somebody's going to comment about this, and Sam Riggins hates custom knives. Yes, um, <laughs> we're going to pull know, quote I, that. Sam. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> There's, um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of production companies that are doing better fit and finish than a lot of uh, small knife makers are capable of. That doesn't yeah. apply to everybody. But if I'm spending $1,500 on a knife, I know my wife will listen to this, and I promise Michelle that I will not spend $1,500 <laughs> on a knife. Uh, I'll spend $1,500 on I'll spend fifteen hundred dollars on ten knives, but I'm not going to make a single knife transaction to fifteen hundred bucks. But there's a lot of times where I've handled these things, and they don't open as well, they don't close as well, the feel isn't there. And not to say that all production knives are are awesome and perfect either, but I've always found that for me and for my use, that 
couple hundred dollar range is is really a sweet spot for me. There's a lot of really quality knives around that price range for sure. And even yeah. even and, talk, my benchmark for budget is Civivi. Like it for oh. the Civivi knives at fifty ish bucks. If you're yeah, yeah, if you're if you're more if your price is more than that, you better be at least as good as a Civivi. That's kind of my benchmark there. So Correct. and that's always the that's always the first knife company that I steer people to when they're like, "Look, I want a better knife. I don't want to spend two hundred dollars." That Civivi is the very first. I, I have a lot of Civivis, and I've I've been constantly impressed uh, yeah. with what they're with what they're doing for the prices they're doing. Good stuff. Uh, you know, and you, you hear a lot of times too, oh, it's Chinese, blah, blah, blah. Man, there's a lot of really good engineers. There's a lot of really good facilities in China that are making absolutely amazing products. And Civivi, and I have a handful of Wii's. Um, and honestly, I, aside from materials, I can't tell you the difference on fit and finish between the Wii knife and the Civivi knives. And yeah. I just, yeah. Look at that. Nate's yeah. giving us the one-minute warning. We spent the whole oh, first segment on, on talking about knives. Do we have time for the beers of the week, Tim? You know what? Let's do the beers of the week, and then when we get into the next segment, we're going to start off talking about Amber L's. How's that sound? All right. Sounds All right. Good. Well, the beers of the week, Brian, as always, great list. Courtesy of Sam. Thank you, Sam, for hooking us up with some beers. We really appreciate it. We are currently drinking their Regenerator, which is a New Zealand, New Zealand Pilsner. We're going to get into Arrow of Time, which is a black IPA. We're going to get into Vets Blend IPA and Face Melter, Brian, which is a West Coast Dippa. Mm. And that sounds right up your alley. Oh, yes. Brian, that you would. Smalls, we're sorry we left you out here with all our, our blade nerd talk. We'll get you We'll get you in the next one. I feel like you there. should get me a knife. We need to get you. We'll do this. We'll, we'll work to see if I have an extra knife. <laughs> we're making a promise that we'll get Smalls a knife. Sure enough. You are listening to the Beer Guys radio show. We promise this show is about beer, and we will be back right after this. <laughs> The heat is on, and if you're looking for a beer to cool you down without slowing you down, Athletic Brewing has you covered with Athletic Light. It's certified organic with only 25 calories and 5 grams of carbs, and since it's not alcoholic you stay sharp and avoid the hangover. And you can feel good about the beer you drink and the company that brews it. Athletic Brewing is a certified B Corporation committed to social and environmental excellence. Use code BGR25 at athleticbrewing.com for 25% off your order. Athletic Light, the perfect summer crusher. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram roger roger what's our back there victor now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show remember all episodes are available on demand so if you miss the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on the podcast park and all popular and unpopular podcasting apps now let's get back to cosmic eye brewing sam we're behaving we are knife nerds and we are tempted to just talk knives but this is a yeah. beer show so we're going to talk about some beer Let's so do it. we got a question, Brian, a topic you kind of got involved with on Twitter this week. There was a yeah. discussion of Amber Ales and kind of rebranding it that maybe Amber Ales, much like we've talked about IPLs before, IPLs didn't sell probably Correct. A, a lot because they were called IPLs. Uh, Amber's a good one talking about, you know, the holidays are coming up. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. That's a pretty good one to put on your holiday table. So uh, Amber Ales, yeah. Sam, have you ever given a thought if you were to rebrand the style? 
What do you think a good name for an amber ale would be? So I actually just released a couple of weeks ago an amber ale. Uh, every year uh, we do a collaboration uh, with uh, Precision Skateboards here in town, uh, who's getting ready to celebrate their 39th year in business or something crazy like that next year. Um, and I feel like there is no need for a rebrand on amber ales. Um, Fair. I, I get, I get the heat. That they take right like and i get that it seems you know old manish to drink amber ales right i'm an old man now too so i can say these things i guess uh, but yeah i don't really think there's a need to rebrand them i think that there's just a need for consumers to just shut up and drink some things that brewers produce for them and just <laughs> yeah. you know and just and accept it shut up and drink shut up and drink Hang down. Um, There's a sign over the bar. Shut up and drink. <laughs> because I, I don't know. I don't know how you would go about like rebrand. I mean, to me, it's like one of those things. Like uh, uh, an American amber ale is a classic style. It's a classic thing. And to me, in my mind, it's like trying to like say, "Hey, what are we going to call pilsners instead of pilsners?" Um, so for me, um, I, I don't. I, I tend to lean towards pale, dry, hoppy beers. Um, it's 90 it's 90 percent of what i drink it's 90 percent of what we make um but i think when we're like trying to change what things are by calling them something different i don't think it does really anybody a, a service and it doesn't do the beer service um when we've when we put this beer out uh last year i sold it it was a little slower this year just because we didn't get to hype it up as much but i sold out of our just our tap room I sold uh, five half barrels of this and 50 cases in five days of an wow, amber. That's okay. impressive. All right. He and has no need for rebranding if you're selling it like that. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Not everybody has to love everything. You True. Know? I mean, it, it's something that, you know what? Liver and onions has survived all these years without being called something else. There's people that like it. There's people that are never going to Has it, it though? Have, what was the it's last time there. you saw liver and onions? On, I actually, where did we go? That it was actually on the menu just this did week. Did we see that? No, I went to Marietta Diner with some oh, family that, in town. Yeah. It was on, it's it's on the menu there. I'm not surprised. Diner. Everything is on the diner. But Marietta you know, diner. Amber Ale's. Right. I enjoy an Amber Ale every now and then. It's not a style that I necessarily seek out. But uh, does everything need beautified and rebranded? Smalls, what do you think? I don't think so. Don't mess with the classics. It's yeah. Don't be don't be like New Coke. Just stay. New Coke, Just, boy. Yeah, yeah, that was See? fun. That was. Fun. I'm going to be controversial or uh, take the opposing view, and I want to I. The the idea was tossed around on Twitter. It wasn't my idea of calling it like a velvet ale or a velveteen ale or something like that. Oh. And I want to say that was uh, you may oh. have sold Sam there. He's like, well, <laughs> hang on, well, <laughs> and and so those were all right. But I'm like, hold up, you're so close. It needs to be a velvet IPA, and yeah. uh, like I feel proud about that and fully encourage anybody <laughs> who's having trouble selling their ambers to call it yeah. a velvet IPA. A velvet completely IPA. behind that. Sam, interesting that we're talking about image issues in that for certain beers. We're drinking a black IPA from you right yeah, now. Yeah. And that's one that I think some people, just because of the name, may shy away from. And we've talked to people that, you know, call it a yeah. Cascadian, Cascadian Dark Ale or whatever. We talked to a yeah. brewer down in South American country. I forget right now. but he Oh, was that Colombia? May have been. But he mentioned that just calling it a Cascadian Dark Ale there, it was like his number one selling beer. And a lot of it had to do with the perception that people liked that this was, you know, a Northwest, the Cascadian yeah, Dark Ale, yeah, yeah. that, that yeah, the branding yeah. worked on that. So, 
and it makes a difference and the 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 cold ipa versus an ipl ipls are delicious they always have been i've liked them a long time but until you you started calling them uh, a cold ipa they're dead in the water let's have some fun with it and restyle all of the classic british pub beers yeah (laughs) esb that's got to change mild can be called bitter anymore Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll just mix bitter. up all those old ones. Yeah. Hazy juicy bitter. <laughs> right, hazy juicy bitter. Exactly. Well, I, I used to work for a Nebraska Brewing Company up in the Omaha metro area, um, and we it, we were in the process of of doing a, a black IPA. I get the whole like it's black. It can't be black and pale. Okay, like it, everything's fine. It's cool. Like I I understand we understand that black can't be pale, right? But like setting up the expectation for it's an IPA. It's black. Let's just live with it. I, that's where I've always landed. But like we we were putting this black IPA out in the middle of the original hubbub of all this, and uh, our head brewer Tyson Arp. Uh, it, this is one of my favorite beer names ever. We called it Nebraskadian Dark Ale. Oh, um, okay, nice it, one. It yes, was, yes. It was one of the funniest things to me of all time because he like showed up at work and was like, "Hey." I know what to call this black IPA. And then he said Nebraska Adian, and I just I just died. It was like I couldn't even like work the rest of the day because I thought it was so funny. <laughs> Sam's laid out. I'm get, I, yeah. breathing it's into a paper floor. bag trying yeah. to recover from it. <laughs> Bring me a cheesesteak and a black <laughs> IPA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna check and tap and see if that's out there as a name. That's gotta yeah. be by now. Did you actually name it that or yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a beer we did. Um we did it a couple times at the brew pub, and I'm not sure. Uh, I've been gone from there for what year is it right now? 2022. I've been Somewhere gone for there. about. It sounds right. <laughs> I've been gone from there for about eight years, and I'm not sure if when we moved to the production facility, I'm not sure if they brewed it since then. Uh, they might have brewed it a couple times, but I'm. It, I know it's on untapped. Yeah. Yeah. You can take it over. Yeah. This, it. you know, we were talking about amber ales and the 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 potential need to rebrand them, but that's a good one for Thanksgiving. It I is. Mean, that yeah. goes well with Absolutely. Thanksgiving. Sam, your your holiday table. What what are you having? What beers are coming to Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah, so I work all Thanksgiving Day, so we can give our staff time off. Um, cool. <laughs> but uh, you know, usually what I would take to Thanksgiving, um, I'm generally pulling something from the cellar. Usually that means, um, I mean, and again, after working in Nebraska brewing so long, for so long, uh, I still have a bunch of our old barrel age reserve series stuff stashed. So definitely pull in uh, some probably Milan Chatois, which is a Chardonnay barrel aged uh, strong Belgian. Uh, probably pulling that out. Um, I'm definitely almost every Thanksgiving before I started doing this, I would have something from Jolly Pumpkin, uh, most likely probably a Bam beer or a Bam Noir. Um, and then, you know, the rest of it's just, you know, chill, easy drinking, you know, longer stuff. I'm totally down with like high life and cicades, uh, because you can drink a lot of them. Uh so usually, yeah, usually a couple big bomber format things, some maybe 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 pulling out a big barrel aged stout to go with some pecan pie. Um but yeah, I, yeah. I'm going My to family. Sam's for Thanksgiving then. That's yeah, that sounds great. I'm headed to Nebraska. Now My you said you Go ahead. My family's not real big drinkers. Um, So, you know, usually it would just be me and my brother, like, pounding bombers of, like, insane stuff (laughs) that we pulled out of cellars. Um, Yeah. That's that's great. So you're you're open on Thanksgiving Day. I I actually saw it on Facebook 
pie donations are accepted. Yeah, are yeah, there, yeah. Do you have a lot of regulars that come in on Thanksgiving yeah. Day? We we have a pretty good day on Thanksgiving. Um, once people like usually what happens is it's kind of slow at first and then people start figuring out we're open. Uh, and my, my wife, who's my business partner also, uh, it's just her and me all day. Um, we come in, open up. So and we do this at Christmas and uh, Fourth of July, too. Uh, we come in, work the whole day so our staff can be home with their family. Because um, really, as a, a business our size, like losing a day of revenue just isn't isn't a thing we can do. So keep yeah. that money going. You got to yeah. do it. It's the holidays. Yeah, You're money. listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We need to take a quick break, but we will be right back with more from Cosmic Eye. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Now, back to the Beer Guys radio show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys radio show. I want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates, WBQO, 93.7 FM in Brunswick, Georgia. Catch Beer Guys radio on WBQO every Sunday at 1 p.m. Now let's get back to Cosmic Eye Brewing. Though I do want to say, we talked about rebranding Amber, so I want to give a shout-out to uh, Jeff Allworth, at Beervon on Twitter. It was actually his idea, so I don't want to claim the Was it Jeff idea. that said, was he the one that suggested Velvet Ale? Yes. Okay. I, I suggested right. the Velvet IPA, so I want okay. to give him credit in case he happens to hear this. Fair enough. I'm not Fair stealing enough. your thunder, yeah, man. we don't want to take it. We, yeah. we don't want to steal from folks. We've no. been called out for stealing stuff we didn't steal before. Correct. So Correct. we sure don't want to actually steal Don't actually want to steal somebody's yes. stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Sam, you are in Lincoln, Nebraska, correct? Cosmic Eyes, I mean, Lincoln, yes. Nebraska? we are in East Lincoln, yeah. Okay. It's been many, many years slash decades since I've been to Lincoln. I mentioned to you yeah. before the show, I grew up my, my early childhood years in Norfolk, Nebraska. And uh, we moved away. I was about 12. I, have, I haven't been back since then, but. You know what? I really liked Nebraska as a kid. It's a very hometowny. Norfolk was a very hometown, yeah. I mean, small town kind of place in that. So it's an easy, it's an easy place to live. Yeah. 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 Sure. So um, so I didn't at 12 years old, I wasn't able to experience the beer scene any yet. So how is it now all these yeah. years later? How's Lincoln's beer scene? Yeah, so it's still kind of weird here. You know, we're still um nationally behind um, you know, trends of numbers of craft beer consumers um 
you know, I think when you start, and I could have these numbers wrong, but, you know, when you're looking at someplace like, you know, uh, you know, urban areas like Chicago, you know, you're looking at having 15 to 25% of people are craft beer consumers, at least occasionally, um, you know, and, and here we're still just seeing like it's three to 5% of the market uh, that's, that's craft beer drinkers. Um, so we're definitely always up against uh, cheap macro beers. Uh, okay. And really, yeah. really that's our, that's our biggest, um, that's our biggest hurdle, I think, more than anything is just, is price point. Um, especially uh, here in Lincoln, you know, we're University of Nebraska is here. Uh, it's the largest, yeah, there's multiple University of Nebraska schools, but the Lincoln campus is by far the biggest. Um, and so uh, even, even with a campus of, I don't even know how big it is anymore, it's 30,000 plus students now. Uh, even with having that large of a university campus, the focus on that is still more low-cost, high-volume drinking versus right. le less drinking, more quality drinking. Uh, and that we see that behavior really carry over into real adulthood. Um, you know, like we're our, our little corner of southeast Nebraska is like sells more bush light than any market in the world like combined um for like loving for the bush light huh <laughs> is gotcha. that is that a real fact or is that a, a hyperbole <laughs> no, for uh no that's like that's a real thing uh, oh wow it, okay there's so Iowa? much yeah. of it there's so much of it sold in this part of the country uh it, it's it's mind-boggling um and so we are always as brewers uh up, up against that and um you know, I, I think that that's always going to be the hard, the hardest thing that we have to deal with, uh, and it's and especially in Lincoln, um, it's just a really price conscious beer town. Uh, okay. Omaha is a little bit of a different story, uh, but you know they're still kind of fighting that same battle of, um, you know, we're only fifty miles. You know, Omaha and Lincoln are are forty fifty miles apart. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like to act like they're two different cities. And while they are, I think that that does both of our metro areas a disservice. Um, but even in Omaha, uh, you know, we're still seeing really low um, craft beer support in just percentages. Um, and, and that's also just because of just just price point, I think, for people. What yeah. are the styles that are popular there? What's uh, for those that are drinking craft? What are they drinking? Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the cool things here in Lincoln is we're all doing very different stuff. Um, it's not, it's not one, you know, nobody's just doing one thing. Um, and I can't remember, we either have, you know, we're, we're a metro area, we're just shy of 300,000 people here in Lincoln. Um, and I think we have eight operating breweries. It might be nine. It's eight or nine operating breweries here in town. Um, and every single one of us does different things. Um, you know, we have people that are just doing, um, you know, really big stouts, pipe beers, that kind of thing. Um, our focus here at Cosmic Eye has always just been kind of like, my joke is that I like to drink a lot of beers. So I usually make beers that you can drink a lot of. You can drink. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Makes sense. <laughs> you know? um, and so, I mean, you know, while we do a handful of double IPAs here and there, um, you know, most of our beers are you know, have two or three beers while you're here and you're going to be able to function and, 
and not miss work the next day. Um, Zipline's the same way. It's a lot of like, you know, approachable, clean, more easy to drink beers. Um, but, but I think really each one of the breweries here in town kind of has their own thing that they do. And it's not really like there's like, it's not like if you go to Richmond, Virginia, um, you know, it's, and everybody's kind of doing just hype stuff all the time. Right. Um, everything here, every brewery here, have, we all have our own identities and we're all doing really separate things. So um, I think that's one of the cooler things here. Omaha, I think I would argue Omaha is a lot the same way too. Okay. That's, you know, we got a question. There was a question on uh, one of the online beer forums recently. That's like, what do you think's missing from the Georgia beer scene? And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, honestly, nothing. I mean, because I know it's got pretty well covered. Yeah, I know if I want to drink Pilsners, if I want to drink great lagers, I know where to go. If I want kettle sours, I know where to go. If I want some mixed firm stuff, if I want stouts, you know, that there's nothing for me personally that I feel like we're, we're missing, you know, and, and in all honesty, if it's not here, it's, it's probably distributed here. And of course there's a, a bevy of IPAs all around that, that is not the style I normally go to first of all, but, uh, even, for the people that complain that breweries are just all IPAs, absolutely yeah, we, not. Yeah, it's well, crazy. You know. I mean, we get we get that here all the time. I mean, I think I have, I think we have twenty four beers up on the board right now. Um, I'm seven of them are probably IPAs, right? Um, and, and people will come in and be like, "Oh man, that's a lot of IPAs," and I'm like, "Dude, I got nine law. Lo- I got nine loggers on." Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, and you think you, you know, Sam mentioned you've got 24, you know, 24 beers on, even if half of those, even if a dozen were IPAs, that's a dozen that aren't. Yeah. A dozen I mean, that so aren't. you still got, yep. you know, stuff to, yep. to choose from there. So he's got 16 between IPAs and loggers. That still leaves yeah. another, what, eight yeah, or something right? like that yeah, that yeah, aren't, exactly. that are something, something else. else. Exactly. So, I yeah. mean, you know what? I want to do something real quick before we move on. Because with Smalls, you just went on an adventure recently. I did. Yes. You went to Alaska. Yes. Spent you bounced around on glaciers, and and we've got a a whole half. I guess it's a whole half of yeah. a smoked salmon in here. That Brian, I know you're excited about. That oh, I'm looking forward salmon, to it. I'm surprised it's not open already. Honestly, I know you got to explore the beer a little bit. Uh, how was that in Alaska? It was really cool. Um, all of the tour guides that we we met all basically mentioned which breweries to go check out and it was really neat to go to even just like a local restaurant it was nothing but local beer because so it's really hard for them to get certain things out there and just make sense wide oh, yeah. variety yeah. it was really nice to like the 49th uh, state brewery the beers i brought they had at least like 30 different beers that you can pick from and it was just a nice variety that you can go with even um one of the restaurants we went to which they kind of considered to be more mediocre type beer it was really good they still had a good mm-hmm. mix of beers there so highly recommend it very cool. What outside of uh, beer and ice? What was the high point in there for you? I mean, obviously, I got engaged. Engaged. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You got engaged. Yeah. Yes. I, I was going to yeah. say, did you have a moose sighting? Because that would be next no, number well, two for we me. We saw no. a dead moose. We didn't. Oh, see one. and they, okay. they call them swamp donkeys. They they, they call them swamp donkeys. Donkeys. There's a video game Brian and I play, and there's this robotic. Looks like the uh, Boston Dynamics four-legged row, and we call them swamp donkeys. Swamp donkeys, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I don't know why. Well, that's but... cool. That's an adventure I want to take sometimes, Smalls. It's yeah. something different. I always end up at the beach or mountains, but. I'm going to go up there and get some salmon snowy. and get engaged. Oh, wait. I'm already married. Yeah, don't even... tell Uma. Yeah. Don't that's tell your right. wife. <laughs> don't tell your wife. Y'all, you are listening to the Beer Guys radio show. We do need to take us another break, but we will be right back with more from Cosmic Eye Brewing.
Have you been to the Nest Kennesaw yet? Hi, I'm Adam, owner of the Nest in historic downtown Kennesaw, and I want to personally invite you to visit us. With the best damn barbecue in town, 48 taps of always rotating craft beers, a dog-friendly patio, all in two conjoined historical homes, we know there's something for you at the Nest Kennesaw. Find us at thenestkennesaw.com to start drooling over that menu, or go ahead and grab your friends, your family, or just yourself and come on in for a pint. The Nest Kennesaw, can't wait to have you at our table. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now, let's get back to Cosmic Eye Brewing. Cosmic Eye Brewing, we just opened your DIPA. Yes. Here, yeah. Sam. Face melter. My face is still intact, so I haven't got that far mm. into it. Are you yet. sure? Because I'm looking at you and you, you a could little be melting, melting a little bit. A little bit, bit of yeah. melty there. A little bit. But you know what? I, w- I want to ask you about your can art because this is all real unique, especially on this one. Do you have an artist you work with? So we're uh, in the last few months, we've just been in the process of, of rebranding everything. We used to work with a guy named Jared Rawlings, who uh, kind of came up with the kind of star eye logo for us um, and did all of our original can art and, and and things. And when we were doing that, everything was just very kind of minimal is probably okay. the best word sure. to describe gotcha. it, right? So everything was very plain. Everything was very straightforward. And, and while we absolutely loved it and we would get tons of compliments about it, um, I think overall in the market, people just didn't really respond well to it at all. Uh, okay. You know, the, the people that got it, got it and loved it but everything's so you know hyper crazy right now and like part of it was like a pushback to the you know crazy cartoony artwork um our idea was kind of like we wanted the beer to speak for itself and when we were kind of looking at hey look we've got to get some more beer sales we've got to get some more stuff going um the feedback that we were getting uh from accounts was hey this needs to be more visual it needs to be more interactive you know that's what our distributor was telling us that's what people on the front lines were telling us um and while i really loved what we did before and would have just kept doing it forever um I, we just kind of were like hey we've really got to figure out if this is the right thing for us um so kind of at the same time um eric anderson who's doing all the artwork for us now uh he's a tattooer here in lincoln uh, we've we've known him for a long time he tattoos my wife and i pretty often um he also just happens to live a few blocks from the brewery. He's in here all the time. Um, and we've always loved his style. Uh, and a big part of it is anytime you see something from this dude, it's just instantly recognizable as his. Um, and there, there's no denying that Eric did it. Um, so we kind of hemmed and hawed on, on switching it up just because we loved what Jared had done for us. And we loved the look and the vibe of everything. Uh, and then one day, um, Eric had got that there's a design program on iPad called Procreate. Um, and he had just like got it and like posted something on his Instagram. And I immediately called my wife and I said, Hey, did you see what Eric just posted? Uh, and she said, yeah. And I said, well, that's what we should do for labels. Right. And she said, yes. <laughs> uh, and so we started talking to Eric about it. 
Um, and then it took, it took a few weeks, a couple months, and uh, we kind of hashed some stuff out, figured out what we were going to kind of go with. Uh, and then we've just kind of been slowly in uh, the process of, uh, of doing rebrand. Uh, the can you have in front of you with the face melter, uh, that kind of started as a, a brewery-only series. Um, and originally, uh, we had, it's a, uh, Jared, Jared did that work for us and called it the Cosmic Knot. And it was basically a giant skull inside of a, you know, astronaut suit. Um, and so what we decided was, like, if we're redoing all this stuff, like, let's take that cause because it's been a really popular image for us here. We were like, hey, let's kind of take this and, and take it up to the next level. So with the face melter, that's kind of a we're using that as what we're calling our artist series. Um, so while Eric did the first one for us, uh, we're going to be releasing those every other month. And it'll be a different friends. Uh, we have a lot of friends that are tattooers. Uh, it'll be a different one of our friends interpretation of that image every time. Uh, and it'll be a new beer that we collaborate with uh, with the artists on every time. Um, so, you know, Eric, Very Eric cool. Anderson's Eric Anderson, all my friends are skeletons on Instagram. Um, but, yeah, we've just kind of gone in this whole 180 degree direction on all these labels. Yeah. Good stuff. And they look good. Yeah. Sam, I'm going to make yeah. a big jump here because awesome. there's something I definitely yeah. want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, a style of beer that I'm not yeah. personally familiar with. And we were just talking earlier about. Is there anything missing from Georgia from the beer scene? Yeah. Maybe this is it, and I just this didn't know it. This could be it, yes. But is it pronounced Dampf beer? Uh, Dampf. Dampf. Dampf beer. Dampf Tell beer. us about Dampf beer. Yeah, so um, this is an idea that I stole from some of my friends. Uh, <laughs> uh, a long time ago, uh, when I was still at Nebraska Brewing, I don't remember where we were going, um, but we were driving through Des Moines. Uh, my good friend Eric Sorensen uh, was still at the Rock Bottom Brew Pub there. Um, there's a whole bunch of dudes that he used to work with at Rock Bottom, and they're all oddly, there are a lot of my friends, and they're all oddly competitive with each other. So um, he was like, hey, you got to try this uh, this Donf beer. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, right? And so he poured it for me. Um, I drank it and I was like, whoa. And it just it just blew my mind. And I was like, what how'd you know about this and what made you do this? And so at that time, Todd Hogg was uh still at Surly. Todd was a rock bottom brewer at one point. Um and he was like, Well, I basically had to show Todd what's up. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, cool. Tell him how so it's he, done. You gotta do it. Yeah. So then he, he explained to me kind of the style of the beer. And I mean, really, um, I mean, the long and the short story of it is it's essentially kind of like a, it'd be like a German pale ale, uh, but it's fermented with Hefeweizen yeast. Okay. Um, so due to availability and taxation, um, the uh, when the whole Hefeweizen boom happened, rural Bavarian breweries didn't necessarily have access to wheat. It's kind of like the first hype beer thing, right? Um, so instead of making a, a beer with malted barley and with with malted wheat, um, these rural and small small breweries in the forest um, started making the the Donf beer. So it's a hundred percent barley malt um, version of the Hefeweizen, basically. Uh, these beers eventually came to the United States, and it's uh, now called the California Common. Um, 
And instead of using the Hefeweizen yeast that they would have used in Germany, uh, the, the California brewers uh, were using the, the ale strains, hybrid strains that have, have now become what's in the California common. Um, I first made this beer, uh, you know, it was always kind of in the back of my mind after I had tasted Eric's. Um, and I was, when I was still home brewing and doing pilot beers for this, I just had inventory um, of ingredients so I could just brew whatever kind of came to mind. Um, I was getting ready to brew a Hefeweizen and I had the yeast, I had the, all the malt and the hops ready to go. Uh, and that week, uh, Surly launched here in Nebraska. And I had gone down to my friend Matt's bar, Happy Raven, uh, which sadly just closed a couple weeks ago. Um, and part of the launch package that Surly sent down here was was Todd's Donf beer. And I saw it up on the board and immediately ordered it. And I said, I guess I'm brewing a Donf beer tomorrow instead of a Hefeweizen. And it was just so good and it's so unique and it's so different from everything anybody, that I've ever had anywhere um that we just knew that we should do it um the first time i brewed this beer was really early on when we opened and i i was shocked um how well it went over when it went away i mean people were just when's it coming back when are you doing it uh now That's we do it a couple times. right yeah <laughs> right right and it's like it, i mean it's I mean, we're one of maybe six or eight breweries in the country that have ever brewed one of these. Um, we're maybe one of, I mean, you can't even get this beer in, in Bavaria. Um, so, you know, it, it's really a weird historical style. Um, it's really not, a, I had a guy drive up from Kansas City because he had it on untap as a, I want, as I want this. And he got an alert that we put it on untapped and drove up from Kansas City just to ticket. <laughs> there you go, man. You That's get some of those awesome. guys are dedicated. It's one I try. I knew I'd heard of the style. Yeah. I've heard the name before. I've heard it yeah, before, but, but didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sam Riggins, Cosmic Eye Brewing, Lincoln, Nebraska. Go Cornhuskers. Sam, thanks for joining us. If people want to keep up with what's going on at your brewery, what's going to be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I mean, Instagram, we're at CosmicEye.beer. Uh, Facebook's the same. Um, okay. Yeah, those are our two main main social media outlets. Um, if you want to follow me, um, I'm mostly on Instagram, uh, and I'm just at Slayer Sam. Easy enough. Excellent. Sam, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks, guys. It's awesome. Absolutely. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Small's always good to see you. Thanks for hanging with the crew. Anytime. Join us next week. We're going to be talking to a local brewery man. We're bringing it local with Printer's Ale. For more craft beer info, follow us online. And we're Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. 